Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Roughing the Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Devin, and I am joined by the one and only Cody Krause, my co-host. How are we doing tonight, Cody? We're doing great. We're running on some fumes, but we're glad to be here, glad to be talking some football, as always. Yeah, you know, I was I was just kind of thinking about this. I feel like I say the exact same thing for the intro every single time I do it, but I've never actually listened back to to test that theory. So I'm, now I'm nervous that I say the same things over and over again. So if I do, I apologize. I'll I'll work on it. We'll be a little more creative with the intros, won't we, Cody? Yeah, I mean, you already got my creativity with the outros, so I think you really got to step your game up. That's that's a fair point. I'll I'll work on it. Everybody listening out there, I apologize for our lack of creativity. Um, but we got a we got a fun show today. We've got some trivia questions, like Cody stated. We're gonna start that as a a pretty normal thing on the show. Cody asked me some questions last week. I sounded like an idiot, so it's my turn to do the same to him. Excited to do that. I've got three drafts that I did this last week. Um, last week I went over three of Cody's drafts, so we're gonna reverse the roles. He's gonna look at some of mine, give me his thoughts, give y'all his thoughts, and then we're starting off some fantasy talk. And we're going to go into our top 10 running back rankings for 2022 redraft. And our rankings will all be in half point PPR. Hopefully. I know I did it that way. I hope Cody did. But we'll see. So let's, I mean, do we have any news for the week, Cody? What have you been hearing around the league? What have I been hearing around the league? Um I mean, not necessarily in league news, but uh, I know I am super active in the memorabilia game, uh, and kind of the newest, like the twenty, the first batch of twenty twenty two cards was released this week, and so a lot of those are starting to get opened up. Some guys hitting some really fun stuff, and it's an interesting. It's a little different. Like last year, people were all chasing the first round QBs. Well, there's only one first round QB this year, and um, so it's interesting to see kind of what, where the value is in those rookie, uh, rookie cards, because I feel like there's, it's a big question mark as far as who's going to be kind of those impact players, uh, right off. Yeah, uh, that, that's honestly it. There's really not a whole lot of news from last week. Um, I guess Rob, I think we talked about Rob Gronkowski retiring last week. Um, that's fairly recent, but we talked about it. Uh, Deshaun Watson's hearing with the NFL has officially concluded, but there's still no timeline on a decision that has to be made. I think the expectation is that it's going to be at least a year. I think that's what the NFL wants. So we'll let you know as soon as we know. But as of now, that's that's pretty much it on the news front, I think. Yeah, I mean, not a lot. Not a lot going on. Guys are getting ready for training camp, and um, yeah, but not as not a lot on the news front. All right, well then, let's kick this thing off. Cody, are you are you ready for one of my four trivia questions? Four trivia questions. I think I only gave you two last week, so I think this is a little unfair. But yeah, you I can really, make... I think, I think the amount of answers is the same. All right, you can hit me with it. Then. Let's see what we got. <laughs> All right, so I did a lot of research on snap counts, so total offensive plays, and then I figured out what percentage of those were passing and what percent were 
running or rushing for every single team over the last three years. Now, on average, the NFL or each NFL team has about 1,002 offensive snaps a year. There are only three teams in the NFL that have been above average in the last three years every single year. So over 1,000 offensive plays every single year for the last three years. Three teams. Who are they? Well, that's tough. Um, I mean, you're looking at teams that defenses know how to get off the field, but also, like, they're not necessarily your big play teams, I feel like. Um, man, Dev. Um, my gut, my just initial um, – my initial gut says Tampa Bay is one of those teams. You know, Tampa Bay is not one of those teams. But that's that's a strong guess. I mean, I I would have assumed so. Um, I actually have their numbers. Let me let me give you Tampa Bay's stats over the last three years. Wait, I can't do that because it might reveal an answer for another trivia question later on in the episode. So you'll just have to wait and see. Codes. Next guess. Oh, next guess. I will give you a hint, a small hint. Okay. Two of them are in the same division. Two of them are in the same division. Uh, You know, we're going to talk about good defenses. What about your Steelers, Dev? (laughs) They are not. They were close, though. They were close? What Were they top five? Um, I'm not actually sure. I didn't do, like, on average, the top five teams. I just did the three teams that have been over the average every single year. I'll give you another hint. They are all in the NFC. All in the NFC. Okay. Correct. Um, What about Green Bay? No. Dallas. Yes. Dallas is on there. Um, wouldn't be Philadelphia, would it? <laughs> it would be Philadelphia. Yes. Okay. I, I was kind of shocked by that, but then at the same time, I really wasn't. They really like to play a fast-paced rushing offense. Right. So, I, right. yeah, I wasn't too shocked, but it was definitely a little bit jarring. Um, what about Arizona? No. He's he. The gears in Cody's head are grinding. Yeah, this doesn't make, this doesn't make they are good smoking. Podcast, um, I'll give you what, a hint. You you have guessed. Well, that's not really much. What about the Rams? It is the Rams. The Rams are the final team that have gone above average in the last three years, every single year. All right. I think we officially stumped Cody on that one a little bit. They may get harder. We'll find out. But let's uh, let's kick it off, and I want your opinion on my drafts. Okay. Uh, I, I went with a, a little bit of a different approach. I went one draft where I went zero wide receivers in the first four rounds, one draft where I went zero running backs in the first four rounds, and one where I did just whatever the heck I felt like. Which one do you want first? 
Um, I feel like I'm not going to like the zero running backs draft, so why don't you hit me with that one first? All right, I, I got you. At QB, I've got Justin uh, what, Herbert. What pick did you have here, Dev? Um, I was at the seventh overall. Okay. In a 10 team. I did 10 team. Okay. Um, Justin Herbert is my QB one. Okay. Then I've got Elijah Mitchell and Brees Hall as my two starting running backs. Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs are my two starting wide receivers. And then Zach Ertz is my tight end. In the flex, there are two flex spots, uh, Mike Evans and Mike Williams. And then on the bench, I've got Cordero Patterson, Melvin Gordon, Rashad Penny, Christian Kirk, Albert O. And in the very last pick of the draft, I went with the flyer who might kind of come off to a hot start in Marlon Mack for Houston. That's an interesting draft. And I, I think that the, the two, uh, the two flex spots kind of saves that draft in my opinion. Um, I love my flex picks. I mean, I do too. I mean, I think that Mike Evans is hit or miss really. Um, It'll be better with Gronk not being there. Um, now you're really down to, I mean, him and Godwin are the big two. Um, and Godwin's sure. going to be out for pretty much, I don't even know if he steps foot on the field in September at all. Right. Um, I mean, you know Brady's going to spread the ball around, but um, until they get more weapons in that offense, that Evans pick is a good one. Can't go wrong with Diggs and Jefferson at all. Um, I re- really like this draft. I mean, I do think that, you might end up needing to burn one of those wide receivers for a running back. Um, I don't mind Mitchell. It will, I mean, that offense is just always a question mark. Um, I mean, yeah. two, two years ago, what we saw, um, I mean, we saw Mostert have a good year toward the end of the year, but we saw like IU kind of have a breakout year. Last year it was Debo. Um, mm-hmm. Will Debo play to what extent? What's, is that going to be a Trey Lance-led offense? What's that going to look like? Right. Um, there's a lot of question marks in that backfield, but um, potential for sure. And then Brees Hall as a rookie for the Jets. Um, I'm just not sold. Uh, look, man, I, I said I was going zero RB for the first four rounds, and he was the only one there in the fifth. So I was like, well, crap. Yeah, I mean. I, I actually think I was sniped in this because, yeah, Josh Jacobs was taken – the pick before me. Oh, that would have been that would have been nice, and that would have really polished off that team for me. Yeah. I think, but um, could definitely use some work at running back. I'm not a like I liked a lot of my benches last year. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like your bench didn't really pop out of me as well. I liked the Christian Kirk pick. Um, when did you take Herbert? I took Herbert. Oh, gosh. When did I take Herbert? Um, oh, that's I was on to the next one already. Let me go back. I took I mean, Herbert. It... Oh, my gosh. Uh, fourth round. Because, I mean, I went zero RB, so I didn't really like I didn't want George Kittle. I didn't want Darren Waller in the fourth round. I didn't want to reach for Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, especially because when I did the draft, he wasn't in a contract. So who knew who knew what was going to happen? So you um, got you got either Edwin uh, Evans or Williams in the fifth. 
No, I went Jefferson, Diggs, and then Evans in the third. But you got Williams in the fifth. I got Williams in the seventh. Wow, that is mm-hmm. a steal of a pick. Yeah. Um, and it, lo- it was just a beautiful stack with, with Herbert on the team. I was like, I have to. I have to. Uh, I like the team. I think you reached a little bit for Herbert. Uh, I don't think I'm touching him in the fourth round. Um, but I'm also just not one to really reach for running backs or for quarterbacks anyways. I'm, um, I'm not either. Usually I love to wait until the seven, eight, nine range for a quarterback, sometimes even the 10th, depending on how the draft looks. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely one of the, the late round QB guys. Um, and then, I mean, I think you purposely loaded up a wide receiver and that'll help you shore up some depth at running back. Um, Ertz mm-hmm. and Albert O could definitely um, show up as solid tight ends. I mean, you just need guys that can score, and Ertz is definitely an option with the hop out. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the strategy I went with. I wanted Ertz there because I think he's going to have a hot start. Hop is out for six weeks, and then that allows Albert O to kind of sit on my bench, get acclimated with Russell as the starting QB there, and you know we'll we'll see where it goes. Yeah. No. All right. So let's move to the uh, the running back heavy draft. All right. My zero wide receiver draft. I was in the sixth spot for this one, so I moved up one. And do you want do you want me to go round by round, or do you want me to go position wise? Give me position wise. Okay. Starting QB, I got the big Dak P. Dak Prescott. Uh, starting running backs, Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb. And then wide receivers, I've got Deontay Johnson and Michael Pittman. Tight end, I've got Irv Smith. And then I've got Zeke, David Montgomery for my flexes. And then bench spots, I've got Brandon Cooks, Gabriel Davis, Brandon Ayuk, Melvin Gordon, Alan Lazard, and Devontae Parker. All right, let's talk about this draft because I really like it a lot, actually. Um, so one, I think that I'm going to, I'm going to start from the back end of it. I'm going to talk about your bench. I really like Brandon cooks and I really like Alan Lazard. Um, I don't know what your Melvin Gordon infatuation is, but, um, more power to you. Um, but I do really like cooks and Lazard. And I think that those guys could, very well moved their way up into that starting lineup. I'm not sold on Pittman. Um, we'll see how he does with Matt Ryan. Um, it's just tough in that offense when they give the ball to Jonathan Taylor so much, especially in the red zone. Like, I'm, I'm not sold, but I think those guys could both end up being a, a wide receiver too for you, um, if not sliding into a flex spot. And the one flex spot where I um, – am a little bit questionable is Zeke. Um, love that he's not one of your top two running backs, but I mean, I think that he, I think that Tony Pollard is on the up and Zeke is kind of on the down as far as just like a volume based um, offense goes. But in that, uh, in that division with the giants and the Eagles um, and their poor defenses, the, the, Dak Zeke stack could treat you well. Um, just a lot of moving pieces on that uh, with Amari Cooper leaving that offense. Um, 
very interested to see, but I think that you got some pretty consistent with Deontay Johnson, with, with Dak, with Dalvin. Um, you have some very consistent pieces that um, should everybody stay healthy. Um, I really like this team a lot. Yeah, I mean, I I think Zeke in the third round is a huge steal. I mean, he was my the pick at 3-6. So I, I love that there. I think that's great value because last year he's going – early second or late. Yeah. Early second, late first. So I'm totally down if people want to take Zeke in the third round, especially the latter half of the third round. Um, I mean, if you look at the numbers last year, Zeke finished with over a thousand yards. Tony Pollard had seven nineteen, and then Zeke had eight more rushing touchdowns and two more receiving touchdowns. Pollard only finished the year with two total touchdowns and he played in 15 games. Yeah, I mean that's definitely what Zeke is there for. Um, right. I mean, he, and Zeke, Zeke, Zeke even had 130 or 107 more carries than him. So his average carries a game were six. Uh, no, sorry, five more. And let's see, his receptions a game were actually 0.2 higher than Tony Pollard. Yeah, I mean, I do think you have. Um, you're basically going to have success every time that Dallas sees the end zone. And um, that very well probably should be and could be a lot. So um, I agree. Yeah, very solid draft. All right, let's uh, let's show you my third and final one. Now, this one, I just kind of I did what I wanted, you know, and I was at the one two. <clears throat> quarterback got Kyler Murray. Running backs, Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs. Wide receiver, C.D. Lamb and Mike Evans. Tight end, went with the flyer of Dawson Knox pretty late. Flex, got J.K. Dobbins, and basically just fills it in how you draft. I took DeAndre Hopkins in the seventh, so he was my final flex spot. He's obviously not going to be starting there. And then on the bench, we've got Darnell Mooney, Cordero Patterson, <laughs> Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Derek Carr as my second QB in case Kyler kind of struggles out the gate, and then Jacoby Myers. You saved your draft with your Derek Carr selection, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I was I like Kyler as he's like always that guy where you're in the draft and you're like he could totally be the guy this year, like he could take that Lamar Jackson step. But I'm always leery of it. I'm like, but if he busts, he busts. And yeah, I don't and like we saw how we saw how backs. Yeah, I mean we saw how that team struggled without D Hop and without D Hop these first several weeks. Um I'm not expecting a ton. I'm not expecting Kyler to come out of the gate like he did last year. I had him in several leagues last year. Um and he came out of the gate a heck of a lot stronger than he closed. Um, and I'm kind of expecting a reverse of that this year. I do think that that Kyler and Hopkins stack could pay off uh, in the long run. Um, and I think that with that high-powered offense that they have, that that Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs stack uh, can save you in the short term. Um, yeah. I, yeah, and I, I, I will preface this. I was aiming to go late-round quarterback, but in round six, my targets were – 
I kid you not, Allen Robinson, Mike Williams, and TJ Hawkinson. And they went the three picks in front of me. And I was like, well, we're tilting. Just a little bit. We're tilting. And I was like, D-Hop's still on the board. I could probably get him on the turn. And why not, if we're taking the risk with sitting D-Hop for the first six weeks, why not take the risk with the stack when he gets back? So I went with it. We'll see how it goes. Um, like you said, I do like the Derek Carr. I got him in the 13th round, Yeah, which is absolutely nuts. Like You could seriously wait until the 13th round of your fantasy drafts and get Derek Carr, and you can just draft a bunch of skill positions in front of him. Yeah, and I mean, I think, that. I think, who went who went one one out of curiosity? Was it McCaffrey? Uh, it was actually Henry. Okay, I mean that's somewhat fair, but I think getting Taylor at one two is just like having a nice little present fall into your lap. Yeah. Um Again, a very so- very solid draft. I honestly think I like your drafts probably more than I like my drafts, but um, I would say I let. Fantasy pros do a lot of talking for me in my drafts, um, and I'm looking forward to kind of letting my brain do the talking uh, for me going forward. But um, yeah. very solid, very solid. All right. Well, I appreciate the feedback. Hopefully, the boys at home do. Do you want yeah, the next trivia question? Me. All right. All right. Next trivia question. Last one. You did over 1,000 snaps every single year for the last three years. This time, there are five teams that, or yeah, five teams that went under 1,000 snaps below average every single year for the last three years. Who are they? Oh, the Jaguars. Jacksonville is on the list. Ding, ding. Um, what about a team that can't protect a quarterback? What about it? What about like a Seattle? Seattle is on the list. I was, that was probably the one I was most shocked about because they've, the last three years they've had Russ, but every single year they were below 1000 snaps. And let me pull up. I I mean, you look at the Rams were in the, like the, on the high end of that, uh, that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, And they're in a division with good defenses and good offenses. And, I just think that they're kind of like with that bad offensive line that they've had, I think that they're just at the low end of that division. And so it's kind of picking out teams that are in that boat. Um, Yeah. Yeah. They've actually deteriorated over the last three years. So in 2019, they had 998 snaps, which is only four below average. So that's fine. Then they dropped to 974 in 2020. And last year, they only had 908 offensive snaps, which is almost a full 100 snaps. Or, I mean, there's 17 games. That's six snaps a game. So that's that's quite a few when you're looking at it um, from, like, a whole perspective, especially when you're taking the average against the league. Yeah, so... We're going to roll with the bad te- Like, I think Seattle's probably the oddball there. Um, and like you said, you were of the same opinion. We're going to roll with the bad teams are bad uh, mentality here. And we're going to okay. say we're going to say Houston. Houston, three for three on this one. I like it. Um, <laughs> we might be fresh on a, on a steam here, though. Yeah, um, I think this is where you this is where you hit a speed bump, I think. Uh, I don't know. 
We're gonna we're gonna stick with the bad teams are bad, right? Give me the Jets. Oh, you picked the right bad team. They're on there. Well, you got one to go. Can he one, do five for five? I don't think I can. I don't think I can. Um so we said Houston, the Jets, Jacksonville, and Seattle. Correct. Mm. So I'm I'm just gonna spitball a little bit here. I'm, these aren't official guesses, so okay. Like, yeah, just let me know when like your final Detroit answer comes, comes up. To mind. Okay. Uh, a team like the Giants comes to mind. Um. I mean, even a team like I don't know. I could see like a good team that just throws a lot of like big plays, like a Kansas City or a a Green Bay sneaking in here, even. Um, I don't know, Devin. Detroit. No, the Lions made the cut barely. They had 1,020 snaps in 2021. But 2019 and 2020, they were below average in offensive snap count. So look at Jared Goff sneaking him above 1,000, right? Yeah. Um... Has the, has this team made the playoffs in the last three years? No. All right, then give me the Giants. Nope. Giants are much like the Rams or the um, the Lions in the fact that they surpassed one thousand snaps this last year. Ah, Devin, what am I going to do with you? I don't know. I thought the same thing last week. So this is my revenge tour, Cody. I feel like my questions were easier. Yeah, I I can see that. Um, but at least mine only have 32 options for answers. That's true. But like, okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'm not even going to argue with you, Dave. Um, I'll, I, do you want a hint? Yes, please. This team is not in the same division but is very closely related or very much in the same conversation as another team that is on the list. All right. So let's talk about this for a second. So the, the teams that are on the list are Houston, mm-hmm. C- Seattle, mm-hmm. the Jets. Correct. Uh, and Jacksonville. Yes. So the hint is when you, Talk about one of these teams, the other team on the list comes to mind or sneaks its way into the discussion. Denver? It is. There we go. (laughs) The Denver Broncos are on the list. I I guess that makes sense with their lack of quarterback the last several years. But, um, yeah, Yeah, I definitely, definitely would not have gotten that without that hint. Denver was very close. 2021, they had 996. 2020, they had 998. So they're basically average, but if we were doing a hard cut, they were not. And then 2019, they were 913, so well below. But they have they have uh, made the jump, and they are now an average offensive snap count team. Do you want the next question, and then we'll go into our our last one after no, well, after everything. I, I'll let, let's go to our next segment. Let's go to the meat of this podcast. Let's do our rankings. Yes. All right. I love it. Top 10 running back rankings. Do you want to go first with your number one or do you want me to? 
Um, I'll go first with number one, Jonathan Taylor. Oh, I'll go first or second with my number one. It's Jonathan Taylor, everybody. Oh, man, look at that. Um, yeah, dude was a bell cow. He was a touchdown machine. He's in a division where he gets to pick on uh, the Jaguars and the Texans twice a year. Um, I look for him to, um, even though with the quarterback change, I think he'll still have the same pivotal role in that offense. And assuming he can stay healthy, I think he's a great running back one. Yeah, absolutely. I I think he definitely needs to be. Uh, well, there is an argument for Christian McCaffrey and or Derrick Henry being one overall, depending on how you feel, depending on if you've been burnt in the past. Um, yeah, my my that's that statement right there is going to play a large role in my uh, rankings here. But yeah, my. My only concern, I mean, I don't have any any stats or data to back this up because I haven't actually looked into it any, but I'm curious how many times in like the last 10 or 15 years the number one running back from a previous year finished as the number one running back in the following year. I can't I don't think it's very often that that actually happens. Um so I'm really curious to see if C-Mac or Derrick Henry take that throne again. Um, away from Jonathan Taylor, especially with Matt Ryan coming into town. He's definitely a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. They'll probably want to throw the ball at least a little bit more. Um, but Jonathan Taylor's still an incredible running back. He's still going to be great for any fantasy team. Um, so, yeah, one one overall in the ranking there. Um, it's, it's not broken yet, right? We haven't seen Jonathan Taylor not succeed in the Colts offense since last year. So run with it. Just go with it. Who do you have at number two? Um, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna uh, give a little bit of stats for your, uh, um, for your statement there. I believe so. This list that I'm looking at only comes up to 2018 or 2017, but I don't think that we've had that like number one go back to back since 2018. But uh, before that, the last time we had a running back go running back one, two consecutive years, uh, was 2002, 2003 with Priest Holmes. So it has yeah, been see, a minute. I rest my case. It, it concerns me a little bit, but not enough to where if I was sitting at 101 overall and Jonathan Taylor was just staring at me, I wouldn't take him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still going to most likely draft Jonathan Taylor. I'm, I'm still working on my projections for the year. That's kind of the reason I started doing this whole snap count um, research and everything like that, because I want to do my own projections and depending on where that falls, that'll kind of determine who I, who I take one overall if I'm sitting there with that pick. But so far as of right now, it's Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, absolutely. So who do you got at number two? Number two, I have Christian McCaffrey. Um, I think he bounces back from injury. Um, I don't think we see, that version of Christian McCaffrey again. I also don't think we see the 2019 version of Christian McCaffrey this year. Um, I think we kind of get stuck in the middle there. He's obviously the focal point of that offense, especially given their quarterback woes. DJ Moore isn't what they want him to be, um, at least yet. So I think Christian McCaffrey still takes a majority of touches in that offense. He's still going to be great for fantasy, barring any injury setbacks. Um, definitely an argument for him to go one overall. But like I said, I'm sticking with last year and how we saw Jonathan Taylor perform. So I'm going to put C-Mac at number two 
and see where the chips fall. Okay, very fair. Um, before I give my pick, I do have to update uh, from our research team that in 20... So that list I was looking at stopped at 2017. Well, the top running back from 2017 was also the top running back in 2018. Do you know who that who that was, Dev? Ooh, 2017? Oh, gosh. Well, I know 2019 was C-Mac. Was it Saquon? No. Talk about a fall from grace, though. Ooh. I wouldn't even say a fall from grace. We'll just say oh, a fall Todd from... Gurley? There you go. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Which is fair. I mean, he had he had a great run with the Rams, so I get that. It's, it was very, very touchdown dependent, I think. But I guess uh, Jonathan Taylor's was as well. So we'll see. Yeah, so back to my number two pick. I'm going with another running back who had... Uh, who's going to come off injury and I think just have a bigger workload that he can handle, um, assuming he can stay healthy, and that's Derrick Henry. Um, He's not necessarily the pass-catching running back that other guys on this list are, but um, I think with – I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised to see his workload go up with the losses of um, Julio Jones and uh, A.J. Brown on that offense – I mean, but they people know that they're going to give him the ball, and he still just runs over them. And he's in the same boat as Taylor. He gets to run over Jacksonville and Houston twice a year. Um, so I have Henry as my number two. All right, not bad. I uh, oh wait, we're we're going to go to you for your number three. I I like the Derrick Henry pick. I think he's still going to be a top back. So, yeah, I, I don't mind that. I think he comes back from injury well, much like C-Mac does. So, yeah, I just don't see the receiving work there. Yeah, um, so a guy who I do see the receiving work, um, who I've got at number three, is Austin Eckler. Um, that offense is insane. Um, their defense got better. I think their offense will be on the field more. They're um, and I just think that Eckler is the staple of that offense in the backfield. Again, assuming he can stay healthy, I think he can catch the ball well. He can run the ball well. Um, I just see him putting up a big year in a high-powered offense. You know, we see eye-to-eye on this one. Um, Austin Eckler is my number three back as well. Um, he's easily the lead back there. I don't see him losing any snaps to any other running backs unless they're like just taking or getting on the field so he can have a, a breather. They drafted Isaiah Spiller. I don't think he's going to take all that much work away from Austin Eckler. I mean, you saw Eckler, he had 206 carries last year. Didn't quite get to a thousand yards, but he, he topped it off with 94 targets for 70 receptions and 650 yards on those. The man had 70 receptions as a as a running back. And the next closest as a running back on the team was Justin Jackson with 22 and 25 targets. I see Isaiah Spiller kind of stepping into the Justin Jackson role, but not really going past that unless Austin Eckler gets injured in some way. But when we do rankings, we don't really I mean, we assume that these guys are going to be healthy for the, the year, usually with running backs, you're going to miss one to two games just on average. It just kind of happens with the workload that they get. But I like Eckler here, especially in half point PPR or full PPR. All right, who you got at four? 
Number four. I think you and I probably switched our number two and number four running backs because I have Derrick Henry. And the only reason I have Eckler above Derrick Henry is because of the half-point PPR and the receiving work that Eckler just has baked into his stats. Henry does not have that at all. He's a sheer brute force running back who can break away from anything and take a long run. But Derrick Henry is going to get a lot of rushing volume, and that just leads to a lot of yards. And without A.J. Brown, he's going to get a lot of goal line work. So I like Derrick Henry here at four. I think you could really argue. I mean, if you really, really, really like Derrick Henry and you're nervous about all these other guys, you could take him one overall. I wouldn't – I mean, I wouldn't do it personally, but I'm not going to sit here and judge somebody if they do take him one one overall, if that's what they – if that's how they see him playing out this year. Yeah, and, I mean, you called it. Uh, I have your number two as my number four, uh, McCaffrey. Um, we both know McCaffrey burned me uh, twice last year. Um, I just think he's an injury risk, but it's hard to argue him as one of the best PPR running backs uh, around. The dude gets a ton of receiving work, and he's shifty, and he uh, still gets goal line work. Um so he's proven himself to be a RB1 material. Um, so give me him here at four. Um, at five, um, I have Dalvin Cook. He, time and time again, has shown if he stays healthy, he gets a bell cow roll. He gets in the end zone. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He's the clear number one. I mean, Madison comes in when he needs a breather, but he is the clear number one. Um, and that Brews in NFC North, where they love to run the ball. So um, give me Dalvin at five. I have Dalvin at five, Cody. Funny how that works. It really is. Um, 250 carries, topped it with 49 targets, 34 receptions, had about 13, 1,400 yards total. And kind of oddly, he only had six touchdowns. This is where I see the improvement from last year. He could, I mean, he could definitely have double-digit touchdowns. We've seen it, seen it from him before, and I think he could definitely do that again this next year. Especially, I want some part of this Minnesota offense because, whew, they're going to be a high-flying offense. Kirk Cousins is going to throw for a ton of touchdowns. You got Justin Jefferson on the outside. Irv Smith is coming back from injury. He was yes, highly touted was, as a tight end. I didn't Man. talk about him in your fantasy draft where you took him. Love, love, love Irv Smith this year. I was so. I was devastated last year because I have him in our dynasty league, and I took him off of my taxi squad during preseason. Should have waited, and I couldn't put him back on it when he got injured. So it was a little bit, a little bit hard to swallow that pill. But he's back this year. I can. I mean, everything that we talked about Irv Smith last year in the fantasy world can just be picked up and dropped off this year because that offense is going to be super, super high flying. You've got Dalvin cook back. Alexander Madison is a good second piece for him. I love Minnesota's offense. Enough of that. We're going to number six, Cody. I have Joe Mixon. And based on the smile on your face, I'm guessing you do too, but I'll go into my uh, analysis here. The only reason I have Joe Mixon this high a, I think he's just a steady running back. He's going to be productive pretty much all year. But the fact that he's playing on Cincinnati, who is going to have so many scoring opportunities given that offense, he can easily put up 13 rushing touchdowns and another four in the air. 
easily. Now, do I think that happens? Not necessarily, but he could still put up 10 and three and have 13 total touchdowns. And that's still going to give you a top 10 performance from this running back. So I like Joe Mixon. Really, when you get down to like six through 13, I would take, I would accept any argument to put whoever I have at 13 at six and vice versa. It really doesn't matter. It's really personal opinion and how you see these players playing out. And I like Joe Mixon here. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is the first time where I was really like, huh. Like, I was going back and forth between the guy I have at six and the guy I have at seven. Um, but I ended up settling on Joe Mixon. Like you said, dude is like the definition of consistency, can put together a solid season for you year in and year out. And look at what that team did to that offensive line. Like, he's put he's put up good numbers with the worst offensive line in football. Now he might have one of the best offensive lines in football. Look out. Uh, like you said, teams aren't going to be able to stack the box because they have to worry about Jamar Chase. They have to worry about T. Higgins. They have to worry about Tyler Boyd. Uh, Joe Mixon is set for a big year this year. Um, so I have him as my number six. Also, Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, with one of the work, actually, no, not one of the worst offensive line in football last year, he still managed to average over four yards a carry at 4.1. If you take his carries from last year and you bump that up to four and a half, which I think is fairly reasonable, it gives him an extra 120 yards. And that's just on the carries that he had last year. He could see more if the game script allows. So I would, I'll, I'll gladly accept 150 extra yards because they improved that av- or that offensive line. And that just means, hey, maybe that's possible more, uh, more touchdowns for him too. I like it. I like your pick, Cody. Who do you got at seven? Najee. Um, the dude showed last year as a rookie that he can take volume. Um, I think that in an offense with a rookie quarterback and or a Trubisky quarterback, um, they're going to lean on him a lot. Um, and I just, I mean, I just think that he will get the volume to produce the numbers that uh, make him a top 10 running back with the talent that he has. I think he's a super talented running back um, in a division where there's some hard-nosed, grinded-out games, um, red zone receiving uh, threat, too. Uh, yeah, I have Najee. I'm sure you have the stats to back up a Najee pick here, but um, who do you have? You want me to hit you with it? I got Najee. I got Najee, baby. Um, the only reason I have Joe Mixon above Najee is surely based on the fact that Joe Mixon is definitely in a better offense, mm-hmm. at least this year. Whether yep. we see that in the future is, I mean, that's up in the air, but we're talking about redraft in this top 10 rankings. And Joe Mixon's redraft? on the better offense. Redraft. Redraft. redraft? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, Najee, 307 attempts, 1,200 yards, average just under four at 3.9 yards a carry. Um, Added on 74 receptions on 94 targets for another 500 yards and three touchdowns. So 10 total touchdowns. I could see that number going up. Um, But like, I mean, pretty much the same way that Cincinnati improved their offensive line. Pittsburgh also made a few additions, and I think they could definitely help at least a little bit. Our offensive line was not good last year. Um, So I could could see that going up a little bit from, I mean, even if you do 3.9, to 4.2 and you add 0.3 yards per carry that bumps his 1200 yards to 1320 
I will take 120 extra yards just because they improved the offensive line. And that's that's a very, very attainable goal. 4.2 yards a carry with his stature, with his playing style. He could he could do that. I do see the receptions coming down a little bit. I don't think he gets 74. Usually rookie quarterbacks, if if it is Kenny that's playing, they don't dump it off to the running backs. If they get flustered, they jump out of the pocket or they look for a receiver and they try to force a throw. So I, th- I see the dump passes kind of going down a little bit unless they're scripted. And it's kind of the same thing with Mitch. Mitch is a mobile quarterback and you don't see mobile quarterbacks dump it off to the running back as often. They like to run. They're athletic guys and they like to show that they are athletic guys. So they, instead of dumping it off to the guy on the flat, they'll just take it up the middle and go for eight yards and that's fine but it does see a drop in production for Najee, and that's why I have him at seven. This is where this gets fun, and I'm glad that you get to start. Devin, who you got to hate? I think you're going to hate this based off of uh, your analysis that you gave me earlier, but I have Zeke here, and it comes down to the touchdown total that we saw last year with Zeke and Pollard. Zeke is the guy on the goal line there. And Pollard, I mean, yes, he eats into his production. And if you are a Zeke owner, it seems like he does it a lot. But it's not quite as often as you think. I see similar roles for them this year as I did last year. And Zeke just has that huge upside with Amari Cooper gone. A lot of targets that fade from, or that are lost from wide receivers can typically be added on to a running backs totals. So I like Zeke here. I think he has huge upside and that's really what I'm shooting for when it comes to the bottom of the top 10 list and the top of the 11 through 20 list. You're looking for upside, but also people who are going to give you steady results. And that's exactly what Zeke provides. He's much like Joe Mixon, but in like the next tier. Yeah. So we want to talk about upside and touchdown potential. Um, Again, we're assuming health here. Give me Leonard Fournette. I I love this. I love this. I I don't think people are high enough on Leonard Fournette, and people are high on Leonard Fournette. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ronald Jones leaves. Leonard Fournette is the guy. Yes, they have Keyshawn Vaughn. Yes, they have that rookie they just drafted. Leonard Fournette is the guy, and he is a bull, and Tom Brady doesn't run the ball other than the occasional quarterback sneak. He is the guy who's going to get the goal line carries. Um, I think that he's going to be a touchdown machine in a high-powered offense uh, with Brady still at the helm. Um, I see his touches going up, and I see as long as he stays healthy, I think he puts up consistent numbers all year long and easily is a top-10 running back. Yeah, I like Lenny there. Who do you got at nine? Who do I have at nine? That is a wonderful question. Um, there's three guys here that I I really can't decide between. Um, you know, I'll do it. Um, I will say I will take Zeke at nine. Uh, you I mean you said it? His goal line, like he is the goal line back in that high powered offense. Um, he's going to get the goal line carries and uh, behind one of the still one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, I just think that his 
even if his touch percentage uh, goes down, which I think it will, I think Pollard's role will increase. I think that he still puts up a consistent number of yards and gets in the end zone enough to make himself a top 10 uh, running back just behind that offense in a relatively weak division. Um, But like you said, Dev, I mean, anybody through in this like 7 to 13 range, you could make an argument to fall anywhere within the 7 to 13 range. Um, But who is your nine? Um, My nine is Nick Chubb. I Nick Chubb is hard. Very difficult to rank given the uncertainty. Because we're assuming health and assuming Nick Chubb's health also (laughs) assumes Kareem Hunt's health. Yeah, that. I mean, Kareem Kareem Hunt will eat in a little bit, um, mostly in the receiving work. But my concern is Deshaun Watson. Like, I don't want Jacoby Brissett. I don't want players on a Jacoby Brissett-led offense unless it's Nick Chubb. And, I like, if it was Deshaun Watson, I'd probably have Nick Chubb at, like, seven because the offense will just be better and there'll be more scoring opportunities. But Nick Chubb, much like Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, or Zeke, he's going to give you steady production. He always has. And as long as he doesn't get injured, like that steady production, like the last three years, the the lowest he's finished in fantasy is running back 11. And I will gladly take somebody whose lowest finish in three years is running back 11 at RB9 in drafts. Gladly. I'll do it. And then number 10 is a guy that Cody has already talked about. Got Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is pretty much the only running back on this team now. They got rid of Rojo, finally. And it's basically just Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, and Tom Brady. And those are the guys until Chris Godwin gets back. And even then, Leonard Fournette is still going to get goal on carries. He's still going to get solid production between the numbers. And he's got huge upside on that Tampa Bay offense. Tom Brady threw the ball more than 700 times last year. That is not happening again this year. That's not happening. It's a Todd Bowles offense, Todd Bowles team. They're going to run the ball a lot more than Bruce Arians did. Bruce Arians is very much so a quarterback-minded coach. He loves to air it out. And now we got Todd Bowles, and it's going to be drastically different. And they're probably – I mean, Tom Brady's still going to throw the ball five, six, 650 times. But you take those 70 times where he doesn't throw the ball and you give it to Leonard Fournette, that's 70 more carries at four yards a tote. That's a lot. And I'll, I will gladly take him. And he's going in like the late second, early third round. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously I'm high on him. I agree that he should be a top 10 running back. So uh, one thing I'll add on Chubb, we go back to 2020 when those guys both played most of the season. Kareem Hunt had double the red zone carries and double the goal line carries. And that's what scares me about Nick Chubb. I love Nick Chubb. I usually end up with him in one or more of my, like, leagues that I care about. Um, but, like, that what, Kareem What Hunt, year was that? 2020. Okay, how many touchdowns did uh, Nick Chubb have? I assume that you know. 12. Kareem Hunt had six. So, despite Kareem Hunt having more red zone carries or goal line carries, Nick Chubb is still getting the touchdowns. I mean, he had 
let's see. He had 12 touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had 11 that year, including his receiving work. And Nick Chubb missed four games. Kareem Hunt played all 16. Yeah, and so I it just wor- the split worries me um just a little bit too much. Um I actually, I, mean, I, I actually I actually initially had him in my top ten and I let you talk Zeke into my top ten, which I don't mind. <laughs> um yeah, I changed your mind during the episode. You did. Oh you did. I love I mean, that. He he so he, he, he was fringe. Like I said, there was three guys. One of them was Zeke, one of them was Chubb, and one of them was this guy. Um Give me Cam Akers. I love Cam. I, think I love I, Cam. You and I both love Cam. And, I mean, that offense, uh, they add Allen Robinson. Um, I think that's just going to – I think that he can become the bell cow running back in that offense and uh, take goal line work, take red zone work, and really turn that into um, – Turn that into production because again you have another high-powered offense. Like I mean, look at like look at these guys that we have like Fournette, uh, Mixon, Eckler. Um, like these guys are all in just these super high-powered offenses where you can, and then you just get these really good running backs like Henry and Taylor who like even though teams are gonna stack the box against them like they're still gonna get theirs. But just these high-powered offenses where um, I think they're going to have the way paved for them to have great years. And I think that uh, Cam Akers, again, assuming health, uh, is set to have one of those. Yeah, I do love Cam Akers. I mean, last year, Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson had nine rushing touchdowns and four receiving touchdowns combined. That's easily attainable for Cam Akers. Matt Stafford also had 41 touchdowns in the air, and I think we see that regress a little bit. On average, most quarterbacks that go for 40-plus touchdowns in a year do fall below that mark the next year. So, And he also threw like a – he had like a 7% touchdown rate, which is nuts. Tom Brady barely had six last year. So even if we take 2% of those touchdowns away or 2% of those touchdowns per throw, like he could be at 35, and then there's six missing touchdowns for this offense, and it's still the Rams' offense. They're still going to get their touchdowns. Those are going to go to Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. And Cam Akers being the lead guy is going to get a majority of them. So easily attainable double-digit touchdowns for Cam, 12-13 range would be my guess. And probably around the 1,000-yard rushing mark I could see. Um, Last year, the Rams had Sony Michelle, I mean, had 208 attempts, 845 yards. And Daryl Henderson went with 149 for 688. So you had two running backs who almost eclipsed 700 yards. Cam Akers could get 1,000 easy next year, as long as he's healthy. And like we said, we're shooting for healthy running backs in the top 10. So I like Cam. I Like I said earlier, any argument to be made for anywhere from 6 to 13, I will gladly accept because all of them have upside and all of them have potential. Yep. Uh, I'm going to give a special honorable mention shout-outs to uh, J.K. Dobbins. I think we'll have a great year. The only reason I don't have him in my top 10 is because Lamar is such a um, mobile quarterback, and I think we'll take a lot of uh, red zone rushing work mm-hmm. from him. Um, I think that Josh Jacobs is another guy like these guys that we've been talking about that are in just these super high-powered offenses that are sure. going to benefit from that. 
I think he could slide up into the top 10 potentially. I still like Antonio Gibson. Um, I think that David Montgomery is going to have a little too much pressure on him to crack the top 10. Um, and I think both of us can say that if he, if he was playing a full year, we'd probably have Alvin Kamara in our top 10, but we're kind of assuming that he won't be playing a full year. Yeah, I mean, even the, even the Saints are expecting a six-game suspension out of that. Um, my honorable mentions are a little bit different than yours, actually. I would say, I mean, I like David Montgomery. I think he could crack the top 10. If we were doing top 12, like, he could be an RB1 for sure. And then I would go with Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, and James Conner as my next three. James Conner is very touchdown dependent, but I think he could do that on an Arizona offense, especially uh, without D-Hop there for the first six weeks, probably at least four, um, pending an appeal from D-Hop. Um, Aaron Jones, man. Ooh, I am so high on Aaron Jones, but I didn't put him in my top 10 just because I don't know what this Green Bay team is going to look like without Devontae Adams. I mean, Devontae Adams is a crazy player, and losing him is going to be hard to overcome for this offense, but you still got Aaron Jones. Or, sorry, Aaron Rodgers. Um, and like I said, when a when an elite wide receiver leaves a team, those targets, a, a majority of them can go to the running back. And oftentimes we do see a lot of them going to the running back, and that receiving back is Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones is a machine with the ball in his hands and is a great receiving back, and I could see him getting 70 receptions this year. So that could easily crack him into the top 10 in a half PPR. I mean, throw in four or five receiving touchdowns on top of 10 rushing touchdowns, and you got yourself an elite back. Yeah, the only thing with Jones to me is, I mean, I think in blown-out rankings, a lot of people, I I don't know if I'm one of those people, I haven't done a full rankings yet, but um, a lot of people have A.J. Dillon as, like, the first, like, RB2 on a team in those rankings and I just think again trying to figure out what that Green Bay offense is going to look like I'm a little worried about his role um, especially uh, Dylan's a big boy so Mm -hmm. as far as red zone work goes um, it'll be interesting to see where that split is but we definitely saw I mean I had Aaron Jones and he won me a very important week last year with his like three or four uh, receiving touchdown week that he had um, pretty early on in the season. But so I think yeah. high, high upside, but um, a little worried about where the floor might be depending sure. on how much work that Dylan gets. Yeah. I mean, I, the way, the way I see it, they lost a huge player in, in Devonte Adams and I could see them supporting two running backs in a way that Cleveland has. I mean, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are very, very good running backs and have had multiple years together where they're both RB2s or Chubb is an RB1 and Kareem Hunt is a very, very solid RB2. And I can see Aaron Jones being the Nick Chubb of that duo to where A.J. Dillon is more of the Kareem Hunt role. So I... Yeah, I guess I'm a little bit higher on Aaron Jones than you are. But, I mean, if you can get Aaron Jones early third round, why would you not take that shot? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, Dev. I'm ready to keep my role going on these trivia questions. So what do you got? All right. These ones are a little bit more um, interesting. We're, We're switching over from the plays and, well, Kind of. 
we are going to go with passing percentage. So the percentage of plays that are passing downs for teams. Now, the average over the last three years is 58.5% of plays are passing plays in the NFL per team. 58.5%. Which do you want over or under first? Um, over. Okay. So these three teams, each of the last three years, have had over 60% passing plays. So 1.5% higher than... The other teams. Uh, I mean, you just talked about the number of times to Tom Brady threw the football last year. Uh, Tampa Bay. Yes, Tampa Bay is on this list. I still see them eclipsing 60% passing, but it's definitely not going to be 738 throws or something ridiculous that Tom Brady had last year. It's not going to happen. But they will get over 60% again. For sure, for sure. Um. It's hard not to think Kansas City's on this list, too. Kansas City is on this list. Two for you're, two. You're going. Kansas City. Two for two. Um, man. This this is where I think it gets you. At the risk of sounding stupid when you get it right. What are, you, what are you thinking right now? Give me some of your thoughts. I'm thinking, I just, I mean, I think I just listed two of the better teams in football the last three years, but I could also see this being like a team that just is so far behind that they have no choice but to pass the ball to stay in football games. Sure. Um, just for the heck of it. Let's let's say Jacksonville. <laughs> it is Jacksonville. No way. It is. Three no for way. three. Three for three. So Kansas that, City, Tampa that, Bay, and Jacksonville. That's purely got to be what it is, right? Like, Jacksonville is just so bad that they get so far behind that they... Um, yeah. That yeah. They have to Jacksonville is, is that bad to where they just have to throw the ball a ton. All right, on to the next question. Congratulations on getting the last three right. I feel like these three are a little bit easier, but we shall see how... Uh, Philadelphia. How you... <laughs> Below 55%. So 3.5% below average every single year. Philadelphia. No. There are three teams. Philadelphia is not one of them. I'll remind Ooh. you, Philadelphia did have Carson Wentz two of those three years. That's fair, I guess. Um, Carson Wentz is not Jalen Hurts. You're right. Did Philadelphia have, like, the lowest last year? I feel like they had to have. Um, I'm actually not sure. Let me find out. Keep guessing, though. I will, keep, I will keep guessing. And I'm going to go with... We, just, we talked about how much this team loves to feed their running back, and I think that they're going to love to feed their running back. I think they make it four years in a row this year, uh, or five or six or however many they've been. Well, I think it's been at least three. Give me Tennessee. Tennessee is on the list. Yep. They're one of the three teams, and it definitely is because of Mike Vabrell. He loves to run the ball. 
basically Ryan Tannehill is just a placeholder saying, hey, I know how to hand the ball off and I can make a throw 10 to 30 yards down the field and we will be good. All right. 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 Um, I had a thought and I think I'm going to be wrong because okay. of the team that they are and the coach that they have. Sure. But we talked about Tampa Bay being on the, the, the front side of this list because sure. of who their quarterback is. Yep. What about, what about the team that lost him as a quarterback? What about new England? New England is not on the list. Um, let me pull them up real quick. They actually kind of surprised me, but with Tom Brady as the quarterback, they threw the ball a good amount. I mean, they had... Um, so, actually, last year with Cam, or 2021 with Mac Jones, they had 52.3. And then with Cam, they threw the ball 46.7% of the time. Oh, so they had they have been under that 55 for the last two years. Last two years. But the last year with Tom Brady, they were at 58.1. So they were right around the average. I got you. Um, oh, this is tough. This is really, really tough. Um, what about, I think, I think one of these should be super easy for you and the other one should be pretty difficult. What about like a San Francisco? No, really? San Francisco isn't, um, let's see here. They were at 50.8. Last year, 2019, they were at 49, but then in 2020, they were at 56.6. So a team pops into mind, but like, I'm just thinking of like last year, like New Orleans had to have been near the bottom of the list last year, but like before that they had Breeze and Breeze probably put them above that threshold. Yep, Um, you would be correct. Last year, they were at 59.7. Drew Brees' last year as the quarterback, they were at 51.4, but the year before that, they were at 58.9, so actually above average. Mm. Can I get a hit? I'm kind of stumped here. Okay. Um, Both of them are in the AFC. Okay. Doesn't really help me, boss. Um, Dude, one of these should be so obvious. It really should. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot. When you hear who it is. Why should it be obvious? It just really should. Think about quarterbacks in the AFC. Denver. No. Why don't you start listing off quarterbacks in the AFC and just think about their play style? Oh, Lamar, Baltimore. There you go. Baltimore, yeah, for sure. Um, I think we actually see it go down this next year from what it was last year. Last year, it was at 54.2. And then the year before that, in 2020, it was at 42.2% of plays were passing. And then 42.5 in 2019. So two years in a row, they were at 42% of their plays were passing and almost 60% were rushing. And I think we kind of go back to that a little bit. I mean, I could see them even dropping below that and just going 40 to 60. Which is nuts to think about because that's totally against the the thought process of today's NFL. Hey, Deb, is this last team in the same division as that team I just talked about? It is not. 
really. I was leaning heavy toward Cleveland because I feel like they have always had wide receiver injury issues, and they've always had at least one, if not two, solid running backs. So I could see them running the ball. Um, Man. This is the one I think you would get stumped on because I was kind of like, oh, that's a little bit interesting to me. All right. Well, we'll talk this out so that the lovely listeners have something to listen to. So we already said it's not New England. It's not Buffalo because they have Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's not the Jets because they just haven't had a good running back. Um, am I right? It's not the Jets. Correct. It is not the Jets. Okay. And Miami's an interesting one, but I feel like they, again, just have not had the running back to run the ball with, nor is like Tua, Ryan Fitzpatrick, mobile quarterbacks. So I'm going to say it's not Miami either, and we're going to leave that division. And we just said it's not in the AFC North. So we go to the AFC West. The Chiefs are on the other side of it. I feel like it's not the Chargers. Um, I feel like last year might have ruined it for the Raiders. That is uh, legit spot on. Absolutely. 54.7 in 2020, 54.5 in 2019, but 60.3% passing last year. Saw a huge spike. And we said it's not Denver, so it's not that. So that means it's the South. Or am I just being... Am I just being dumb and it's Indy with Jonathan Taylor? No, because it's, he hasn't been there for that long. I don't think it's Indy. Is it Indy? It's Indy. Indy, really? See, I told you you would be a little bit shocked by it. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. 2019, they had Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. 52.3. Makes a little bit of sense. He's a mobile quarterback. Last or 2020, they had Phil Rivers as their quarterback. 54.6. And last year they were at 51.1. So they, they fell below it every single year and not really by like a close amount. I mean, over a percent below average with, or over 4% with Phil Rivers as their quarterback, which is a little bit interesting to me, kind of surprised, but there you go. There you have it. Those are, those are tough. Those are good. Um, I can't wait to do more of this trivia and I can't wait to beat you when we get to do head to head trivia. That's what I'm Gosh, I'm going to suck so bad at that. All these listeners are going to be like, dude, how do you not know these answers? Why am I listening to you? And then they're just going to unsubscribe. Don't do that. I promise. I still have good advice. Cody still has good advice. I'm just not good at trivia when it comes down to pressure. All right, Dev. So um, just this article that popped up on my feed here is like feats and records that could potentially be broken this year. Um, so I'm just going to run through a couple of them and just a quick yes, no, if you think that they'll get them. Okay. Um, Brady is 2,431 yards away from 100,000 on his career. Yes. Um, This is an interesting one. Russ needs to beat the... Seahawks and the Chargers, who they play twice, to have beaten all 32 teams in the NFL. Oh. Yeah, I think he could do that. I mean, Seattle's definitely not going to be good this year, and they play each other. And like we said 
a while ago when we did our division rankings or like our division standings and stuff like that, that AFC West is just kind of up in the air. And I think it's going to be a little bit of just kind of everybody's going to beat up on each other. So I could easily see literally every single team in that division going four and four in the division. So Rodgers attempts to become the third quarterback to three-peat as passer rating king. No. And I don't think it's his fault. Fair enough. I just think it's the team. He's got the skill set to do it. He doesn't have the receivers to do it with. Um, so Matt Ryan is eighth on the all-time passing yards list. That's kind of crazy to me. Um, is it, though? I mean, when we when we think of Julio Jones and Roddy White as receivers, like those guys were always putting up 1,000-yard receive, receiving seasons. And he had Tony G for a while, too. Yeah. Um, so let's see how high you think he climbs. So he can pass Dan Marino for seventh with 1,627 yards. Yes, easy. He can Barring pass injury. He can pass Rivers for six with three thousand seven hundred and six. Ooh. <laughs> that one's tough. Um one second here. Let me uh let me lean on some statistics. All right, where's Indianapolis? Let's see here. So last year Wentz threw for thirty five hundred. So that's cutting it close. Year before that, Philip Rivers, similar to Matt Ryan, the guy he's trying to pass through for 4,169. Oof. You know what? I, I'm going to say yes. I am. I think Michael Pittman is good enough to lean on as a wide receiver one for Matt Ryan. I think that we see them jump up a little bit from the 51% um, passing plays per game. I think it goes up to probably like 53, 54. So we see a little bit more passing than we saw with Carson Wentz. I think uh, the coaches down in Indy were just like, you know what? This guy's giving the ball away in horrendous ways. So we're just going to lean on our star running back and let him carry the rock. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, Yes to that one, and no to whatever the heck else you're throwing my way after Phil Rivers. Um, I figure you would say it anyway. It's just out of bias. It's actually Big Ben. <laughs> just trying to pass Big Ben at five. I know. Uh, he needs four thousand three hundred fifty-four yards there. I don't that's, know that he does that. That's yeah. That's a good good season, and I don't think Matt Ryan does that. All right, we'll hit you with two more here. We're moving on to running backs. So Derrick Henry. Uh, tries to become the second player all time to average over a hundred rushing yards per game for four consecutive seasons for four consecutive seasons. Is there like a minimum amount of games played? Um, I don't know. We'll assume he has to play a few. Okay. I'll go ahead and say yes. And it's strictly based on the fact that they play Houston twice a year and he can get like 250 yards in those games. Love it. Yeah, so Jim Brown is the only other person to do it for consecutive, and there's only two other guys, Eric Dickerson and Barry Sanders, who have done it four times at all. 
Um, mm. That's that's pretty elite company. Yeah, um, I, I say he does that, especially with AJ Brown being gone. Yeah. So minimum a hundred carries. Does um. Does Nick Chubb become the first player ever to average five or more yards per carry for a fifth straight season? Oh my gosh, a hundred carries. You know what? I mean, yeah, he does. They've got an elite offensive line. They're going to have to lean on him with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. So I'm going to go ahead and say Nick Chubb, more than five yards a carry, especially with Kareem Hunt there, take some of the load off, keep his legs fresh all year. He's going to do it. Love it. Love it. All right, Dev, uh, we've been talking for a while. People are probably sick of us. So uh, what's what wonderful words can you leave with these fine people? Um, thanks for listening. We really appreciate all of all of you guys sticking with us. Um, we're we're gonna get back onto like a regular schedule, like we mentioned last week. So, hopefully that that uh, gets you going, gets you something to look forward to each and every week. Uh, we're gonna stick with our top ten lists. Um, I'll let Cody decide right here, right now, what position: quarterback, wide receiver, or tight ends next week. Um, we have already talked about quarterbacks a little bit uh, a while back, so we're going to leave that one on the table for now, and we are going to go tight ends. Ooh, okay. I like it. Tight ends. That's going to be more difficult than it was this week because it's honestly like the top four and then everybody yep, else. So Exactly, exactly. That, that should be a fun episode. All right, there you go. Tight ends next week. Um, Cody just hit me with some record-breaking style things i'm gonna hit you with another huge actually you know what we're gonna save it we're gonna do top 10 tight ends next week and cody and i are each gonna have two bold predictions for the season and that will that will be our episode next week and then i will let cody take the reins and close us out yes thank you all for listening um please like subscribe give us a five-star review um interact with our podcast please uh we would love to hear from you we have an email roughthepod at gmail.com send us an email we will for sure read it we will for sure respond to it on the podcast um we would love to hear from you um have a great week and as always i will leave you with some wisdom again i don't know who this one is from so we're going to say this one's from Devin too just like last week um there only there are only five things we need in life Good friends, good income, good food, good sleep, and to keep roughing the podcast. Have a good week. Cody's veering off of the the top three things, but you know what? We'll we'll roll with it, Codes. Goodbye, everybody.